Hey guys, Jared Syke, Lawrence here, founder of ModernFlirting.com, and you guys are listening to the Modern Flirting Podcast. Uh, today, I've got the one and only Robbie Kramer here with me. What's up, Robbie? Hello, what's up, Jared? All right. So for those who don't know, uh, you know, we have kind of a very similar uh, background. We both weren't the best when it, guess, when it came to women. Uh, we kind of learned, went, went through learning the techniques of how to better that, and then branch off into, you know, building a more social circle. What is, you know, why don't you tell everybody at home exactly, one, what do you do, and how did you get started in this crazy world? Yeah, sure, man. Um, and just kind of to reiterate what you said, um, we, we met way back in what, like 2008? 2008, 2008 yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, Over a decade. Way back in the day, I think at like the PUA World Summit or some crazy shit like that, yep. right? <laughs> um, so we've both, you know, obviously been around this uh, community and been around this work for a really long time. Um, you know, I got started just like um, most guys get started. I was, uh, you know, just kind of like a geeky kid, a golfer, um, poker player. And I was never, um, you know, I was decently social. I was not like one of these like closet weirdos or <laughs> total nerds. Like I had some girlfriends growing up and um, I say like you, I'm in the closet like you. I saw the safe. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> of course not. No way. Um, so you know, for me, it was like when I read, I started reading some material back in like 2006. And I was totally sucked in by this, all this marketing hype, like you can go to the bar and bring back like the hottest girl every night. And, you know, at the time I was just graduating college and living down in San Diego and, you know, I'd go out to the bars all the time, but I would never have much luck. And if I ever did find myself in, in a relationship, I always kind of felt like I was settling and it wasn't with a girl who I kind of chose, but more like with a girl who chose me. So I was, um, you know, I was drawn to the content, the idea of becoming you know, a more confident dude, a guy who could, you know, go out and get what he wants when it came to women and dating. And um, that led me down this crazy rabbit hole of pickup and started like flying around taking boot camps and then became like a coach for many years and then started my own company back in like 2009 um, and uh, moved all over the world. I was like one of these kind of digital nomads. I was living in LA, New York, Miami, um, and really like a few big turning points for me, I guess, in my story, um, I was, I was never like hugely fat, but you know, I'm 5'10 and my heaviest, I was about 215 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of, in the back of my mind, I always kind of had this idea that like, oh, you're too fat to really get the girls, you know, that, that you could get right? Sure. If, if, if you lost this weight and I had a huge struggle, like, you know, I always struggled to, to lose weight. You know, I wasn't huge, but I certainly wasn't in really good shape. So finally back in like 2011, after being a student of the game already for like six years, um, I got myself on like a very committed and hardcore diet and exercise regime by making a bet. I couldn't afford to lose. Ah, uh, I basically told my buddy if, uh, you know, if I don't weigh 165 pounds, you know, three months from now, I owe you five grand. And I, that was a amount of money that I w couldn't afford to lose. Yeah. That time. Damn. Um, so I dropped the weight 
And that kind of got me past a lot of like my inner game, my inner confidence issues. Um, so I noticed a big turning point after that because I didn't have any more excuses to hide behind. And nothing really changed after I lost the weight in terms of like, you know, it's not like girls started coming up to me and throwing themselves at me, but I no longer had this inner dialogue going. Did you, um, did you notice any difference? A lot of guys, you know, listening to this, I'm sure are going, well, the only thing that matters is looks and money. So if you're looking better, obviously you're going to get better results. I mean, what was the, because my adage, and I'm here curious on your thoughts is, you know, looks matter, but maybe not as much as guys think they do. Obviously, for guys seeing a girl, it looks is going to be a lot more powerful than a girl seeing a guy. She can, you know, go around it. But every girl I've ever talked to said, no, at the same time, I want to feel some physical attraction. I want to at least be somewhat into him. And that can go with fashion, grooming, whatever. But what have yeah. you noticed from your heaviest to your most in shape? Was there a noticeable difference for you? Or was it really just kind of the same? I mean, it wasn't a huge difference. It, they matter to the extent that you think they matter. So for me, the difference was I started dating um, girls that were previously, I considered out of my league, but that's just because I gave myself the permission to go after those girls. Gotcha. Whereas before when I was overweight, I was like, oh, they won't even like me or, you know, they're, they're too hot for me or whatever. What's the point? So after, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, like I, I no longer had that excuse. Right. So, if, but you know, I did date some very beautiful girls even when I was fat and, um, you know, so I don't really, they only matter to the extent that you think they matter and no, like it wasn't an, like any sort of crazy difference. The only difference was I took more action and I was a lot more confident with the way I carried myself. And I had, um, I was kind of riding high on just anytime you accomplish something in life that's really difficult. Uh, I think there's a huge, you know, you kind of feel like it's Christmas, or for us, Hanukkah, you know, every, uh, eight every days of it. Eight. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. It's Hanukkah every day. I look at it. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that, that was like the first turning point. And that's really when I realized like, all right, a lot of this stuff just simply has to do with how you feel about yourself. Uh, right. You know, it's not so much about, learning the techniques or learning certain strategies. It's really like, do you like yourself? Do you, do you think you're a, a, a prize, right? So do so you have self-respect? Um, the guys who, who don't like themselves, the guys who don't have that inner confidence and the guys who are beating themselves up for, I don't know, it could be because they're overweight, or maybe they're too short, maybe they're some minority, maybe they are, just, or they just like, I suck for whatever reason, a made up fantasy reason, like people just don't like me. What is your advice to them on how they can get rid of that inner dialogue and how they can actually start projecting confidence in themselves, if, if not the techniques or strategies? Yeah, everyone knows what they need to work on. You know, you can't lie to yourself. For me, it was losing weight. I was like, there's no excuse for me not to do it. Um, you know, and I had just, I had a lot of insecurities around my weight. Um, you know, if you're short, you can't change that. Right. Like, so you, there's no reason to focus on that. Um, if you have some sort of other like physical thing that you can't change, then you, there's absolutely no good in focusing on that. Cause that's just focusing on something that you can't change. It's going to make you feel like shit. Um, you know, I'd recommend if there's something like that, maybe see a therapist or see someone that specializes in maybe some of those more strange issues, but for shit, you can change. Like you can change your fashion. You can change your, uh, level of wealth. You can change your physique and you don't have to be good looking 
you know, to attract women like you, but you, you do have to present yourself in a way that looks good. So if you're balding, shave your head. Uh, you know, if, if, if you dress like shit, fix that. Like there's these, there's these basic things that you need to have taken care of to be attractive to women. Um, and, but, but more so women are way more attracted to a man's personality than any sort of physical stuff going on. So even, I know a guy who absolutely crushes and he's easily a hundred pounds overweight. He's fucking huge. Thanks, but man. He's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he gets he gets the more ass than most guys I know, uh, but he doesn't give a fuck. He walks around with his shirt off, um, you know, jiggles his belly around. He doesn't give a fuck. So, well, like, you know. why have a six pack when you can have a keg? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're even yelling. We're like, dude, put on a fucking shirt, Sammy. Like you look like you're disgusting. And he's just like he comes over and he just like jiggles his belly. To no, you like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. That's awesome. He's hilarious. So, he just doesn't give a fuck. You, you know. So what about the whole um, money issue? Because I know on one side it's looks, and on the other side people are always thinking, like, I can be more confident, I can present myself better, be more attractive if I just have more money. And that's going to solve all my problems. Uh, have you noticed a difference increase of the richer guys to more broke college students? Or what factor does that come, come into play? I think money matters more in terms of, like, the guys you're hanging out with. Um, than it does for the girls. But the guys you're hanging out with has a huge impact on the type of women you're going to attract as well. Um, right. Because, you know, it, it's rare that you find really close friends that are in different, like, socioeconomic levels, right? Like, most millionaires and billionaires kind of hang out with other millionaires and billionaires. Most broke dudes hang out with other broke dudes. And, um, you know, women, women don't care if you're rich. They just care that you're on the way up. So you're either you're either on the way up. Uh, one guy described it as like you're either like a rocket ship, or you're just like a fucking dud, you know, living in a, in, in not going anywhere. So, so you're, you know, you're, you're a rocket ship, or you're a balloon with the air being let out real quick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, women, you know, they they will very quickly and readily jump on to a guy that feels like a rocket ship, even if he's got nothing. He's a struggling artist. Or he's like one of these dudes like fucking living in the van, you know, but he's got a dream to be like, you know, the next big whatever. Like you can sell a woman on that dream and they'll live in that fucking van with you. They'll, they'll travel around with you. Or like they'll, they'll live in your fucking parents' basement if they believe in your dream. But if they can also easily tell if, if you're not up to anything. So and it just comes down to awesome. having ambition, really. Having a clear action plan yeah. of here's the kind of ambition I want to have. So we, you were totally. talking about your journey from being fat to getting more in shape and meeting girls that way. But then you kind of also talked about befriending the right kind of guys and having your soul circle. What changed for you in terms of let me go up and just try to approach a random girl and make that happen to let me choose what guys I hang out with, what girls I hang out with and actually build a social circle from scratch. Was there like a flipping point to that or, or a, you know, cause that's something I'm preach all the time and I really talk about and you're one of the only few guys I see out there who say like be able to do both. Like, how did you come up with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting story. Um, I was living in New York city at the time with um, a buddy who was like also my best friend wingman. And we were basically like, just, we were both going on like almost easily a date a night, oftentimes two dates a night. 
um, we would intentionally like dress up in, in suits with bow ties and go out and, you know, meet women during the day, go to happy hour. Like we're basically doing nothing, but <laughs> running around New York city, you know, living in, in Manhattan union square and hitting on girls, going on dates and like having this competition amongst each other, like who can hook up with the most girls sort of thing. Um, <laughs> so, not necessarily proud of that, but like it was, <laughs> it was know. good times all around. <laughs> It was good times. Um, and, you know, after three to six months of that, and I was coming out of a long-term relationship. And so I was, you know, really enjoying my single life and staying with him. After like three to six months of that, we're both like, this is very time consuming. Um, all the alcohol we're consuming, all the money we're spending on dates. You know, it's not, it's not cheap to go on a date in New York City. You're going to, you know, drop like a three rounds of drinks, four rounds of drinks. It's, you know, 10, 15 bucks up. a drink. You're... <laughs> Yeah, it's, when you're doing that, like every fucking night, like we were spending a lot of money. Um, so I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Why don't we start like combining our efforts and rather than taking these girls on dates and then hooking up with them and then, you know, having these casual relationships that usually kind of fizzle out around like the three month mark when the girl's like, all right, what are we doing here? Do you want to be with me? And you're like, oh, well, I'm just kind of like dating casually. And then she kind of goes away. So that's kind of, that's kind of where most kind of pickup advice, I feel like will get you after a while, you know, you'll get to the point where you're going out, you're meeting girls, getting lots of dates, having these casual girlfriends. One of them might become your girlfriend or maybe not, but sounds awful. You know, <laughs> it does great. Like, yeah, right? Sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> Every guy listening is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, that's all I get to you. That's really dates and girlfriends. And... Well, I don't know if it was the competition between me and my friend or just the, like, we both just had really, you know, strong sex drives um, or just kind of, you know, we'd see like the, we were both, you know, we were both partiers. We'd like to go out, um, get bottles, and we'd see like celebrities going out all the time. So we were, we were kind of like rubbing shoulders with the guys and the promoters and these these people who were like really doing it right. You know, they had yep. tons of models around them, and we're like, all right, we're not quite at that level. How do we get to that level? Yeah. Um, and so we started kind of emulating what promoters were doing. So instead of like trying to take every girl out that we met and hook up with her, and like you know, kind of get that ego boost. Instead of going on lots of dates, we started throwing parties. We had a, a cool um, loft in Union Square. And so, you know, we both of us, I'd go out, meet a bunch of girls, he'd go out, meet a bunch of girls, we'd use Tinder, we'd use, you know, and we'd, we'd throw these parties and girls would come, they'd bring their friends. Um, and one thing I did that was very different where I used to take girls out on a date and, you know, try to kind of take them through like an awesome date and hopefully hook up with him by the end of the right. night, I would start cutting my dates short. So instead of going on like a three or four hour date, I would just, you know, meet for a drink or meet for a coffee and the date. And that developed enough rapport and connection where if I invited them to a party the next week, they would totally come. Mm, but if you meet a girl just off of Tinder and you invite her to a party, she's probably not going to come. Or even if you meet a girl from like a street approach and you invite her to a party, she's not going to come, right? Cause she doesn't know you. But if you go on a little date first, she'll likely come and she'll likely bring a friend. So now, now we started having the, these. Just yeah. to clarify, the date you do with them, is it with a romantic interest or is it more like we're just going to know each other as friends? Uh, no, usually romantic because most of the girls I was meeting were through like a street approach right. where I'm relatively direct um, or through online dating. 
Um, so where what happens obviously when you, when you mix them all in? So you meet like these five girls to direct approach. You do five one hour mini dates and you go, you shock one of my party. And then you, all these five girls are at your party. Is that going to yeah. cause conflict or probably being dragged with way? Jealous? They would never, they would never ask because they'd always bring a friend. You know, if they'd say like, how'd you meet Robbie? Oh, I know we, we met, met him the other day and we hung out once and you know, he invited me to the party sure. and it wasn't just me inviting the girls. There was like my buddy inviting the girls and we had a couple of guys who were, we were also friends with that were like, all right, let's all do the strategy. Let's all invite girls. Yep. And you know, let's just have these weekly parties. We'd have like sushi parties, um, any sort of, like, you know, there's, there's some sort of event basically every month, Super Bowl party, St. Patrick's Day party, Santa Con, like you name it, there's some dumb reason to have a party. Right. And if not, you can just throw a Halloween party or a sushi party or a pasta party, right? So we consistently started throwing these parties. And I went to the Christmas in July party, just to give you an idea of how far <laughs> we stretch. Right, Christmas in July, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, and what would happen was, Instead of like us kind of chasing the girls, we'd be in an environment where the ratio was really in our favor. Mm. You know, we would, we would have like a two to one or a three to one girl to guy ratio. And those parties are way better. Girls and guys, no one wants to go to a sausage fest. Sausage fests fucking suck, right? All the girls get preyed on. It's just like, it's no fun for anyone. But a party where there's tons of hot girls, girls like it, guys like it. Yep. And what would happen is we'd be very selective about the guys we bring. There'd always be a ton of girls. And this really allowed us to meet those guys that were kind of in that higher upper echelon of partying. Um, so we met a, a big time New York promoter this way. Um, and then we did an interesting deal with him that really like took this whole social circle dynamic to a whole new level. Um, and at the time we had, um, we had basically like an Airbnb business. Um, this is back in like 2013, 2014, yeah. before Airbnb was a huge thing. Um, we would, you know, rent an apartment because we couldn't afford to buy one, um, get on the lease, and then turn it into a short-term vacation rental. And we had a, a few of these places around New York City, um, and we also had a couple in LA and Miami. It's kind of like a side business. While yeah. you know, my main business is essentially what what you do with coaching and. But this was a really good side business, side hustle, brought in some, you know, semi-passive income. Um, and the way we basically found a way to add value to this promoter's life was he was, he had a bunch of girls that he needed to bring to nightclubs every night. That's a promoter's job, bring girls to nightclubs and bring guys that buy bottles. Sure. And um it was very difficult for him to wrangle all the girls and get them to come to the nightclubs at the certain times. So he started creating model houses where girls who were, you know, coming to live in New York or LA, Miami, and they needed a place to stay in exchange for free housing. So they would get to live for free in one of his model houses. Uh, they would be required to come out to the nightclubs three or four nights a week. And the clubs would pay him uh, like 50 to hundred bucks per girl he brought. And that's a very standard kind of operating procedure in the big markets, Miami, New York, LA, Milan, Paris, London, like in those big major markets, this mm. is a very common business practice. Um, and he needed housing for these model houses. So we cut a deal with him where we gave him one of our apartments in LA, New York, and Miami. And in exchange, we could come to those model tables and just hang out and drink for free. 
So that, as you can imagine, cut our like partying budget from you know, a lot of money every week yep. where we were throwing parties or buying bottles to where we can now just go out for free, be surrounded by amazing women. Um, and like, it, it just really kind of escalated from there. Um, and the, just the shift in everything I learned from like traditional dating coaching or pickup, like all of that shit went out the window once I started hanging out in these other social circles, because it was a totally different dynamic where, you know, in the beginning, and, and there's no way to skip that. Like all of the time I put in approaching thousands of girls on the street, you know, putting in the time, going on dates, learning, you know, how to confidently like go for the kiss or when's the right time to escalate all these things. Like you can't skip those things, but none of that shit works when you're in a nightclub surrounded by a bunch of hot chicks that, are part of your social circle. Like if you hit on girls that are friends of your friends, they're going to be like, why are you hitting on? You have consequences like, now. Like it's not just exactly. oh, go out. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Who cares? Like, Oh, you have to see these people again. Like shit. You can't be doing a <laughs> right. claw to your friends. And like, <laughs> totally. Yep. So yeah, it was kind of like a weird mind fuck for me for a little while where I would show up to these, like to the, to the clubs and, I didn't know most of the girls at the table, but I was part of the, I was part of the in crowd. Right. And, you know, I'd start running game on the girls and they would just be like, okay, whatever. And just kind of ignore me. And then I realized, all right, so that's not working. Instead of trying to like hit on the girls when the ratio is clearly in my favor, I'm just going to ignore them and wait for them to come to me. And eventually they will, because they're going to get bored <laughs> because yeah. there's no other guys. Right? Like, I want to talk to a guy. Well, there's, there's 50 girls here and three to choose from. So let's, yeah, that's on whatever. Like, yeah. So instead of like trying to build rapport with a girl in a loud club with the music's blaring, right. And like trying to ask her like, yeah, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Like trying to have one of these difficult conversations. I just changed my whole approach to like, how can I just have maximum fun and give maximum value? And that would involve like ridiculous shit, like throwing it ice at people and like cheersing people um, and just, you know, talking to the other guys, bringing other people over to the table, um, encouraging people to drink, encouraging people to dance, just like trying to build the party. Sure. So that was a big, you know, that was another big shift for me um, when I, when I really realized that it's, it's more about positioning and it's more about um, just your social proof than it is about doing these, you know, performance-based things yeah. yeah not even routines but just like you know there's no reason to to try to like force a connection when you're in an environment where you know all the the ratios in your favor like all, basically like all the work we did to put ourselves in this environment we are then able to capitalize on it and we didn't have to do all that stuff anymore if that makes sense so for so for guys who've never experienced that and seen what it's like on the because it's not even social circle. This is like what I, I call there's like social circle game. And then there's like local celebrity game. And to me, this is local celebrity. This goes beyond. Yeah. This, oh, we have friends that we hang out with. This goes into, we are like the top dog wherever we go into. We have all the social value, just, you know, crazy ratios, all that stuff. So for guys who haven't experienced that, how does that compare or differ from just a standard cold approach? What, what are you noticing in terms of the benefits of it, in terms of, uh, the style, how, the, how easy it is, like for a guy, because I know guys out there who like have no schema or concept of what that would be like. So they have no idea. Right. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know even how to answer that exactly. Um, well, one, like, would you say you find you can get hotter girls or better girls through social soaker than just straight up cold approach? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's not even close. Like the, <laughs> the benefits from, from the local celebrity sort of thing is, um, sex on demand with, yep. you know, the most ridiculously beautiful women that, you know, <laughs> the ones that, that, that you see in magazines, playboy I, models, whatever. Like, and I would say, I never, like, yeah. I would say I never knew true abundance. Like I always had that word in my head, abundance, have the abundance mentality. And so cold approaching, I'm like, I have abundance. I could go up and talk to any girl I want. Abundance, right? Until this local celebrity yeah. game and was able to see what you were describing and being around that and going, holy shit, I literally don't have time for everyone. I've got oh, like yeah. 10 girls <laughs> vying for my attention and I don't have time to get with all of them. Like, I have to choose. I have to be like, no, sorry, <laughs> like to you. And if, if this girl's not yeah. telling me, it's like, fuck you. Then. Okay. I'm like, why bother trying to make that work? Like, I don't care. Next. <laughs> I'll just go like, just, well, you know, here's, line. and here's the biggest benefit of it. It's you, you remove drama from your life, which sounds, would, you, you remove a lot of drama and you remove the drama around relationships, failed relationships where women have expectations from you. So the big thing I noticed was, you know, when I was going out cold approaching, right, I would end up sleeping with women and having casual relationships, but they would always end what are in a we? breakup of some sort. <laughs> what are we? Exactly. Yeah. Either she would lose interest in me or I'd lose interest in her. And there was always a little bit of drama around that. But when you're doing this sort of, as you described, mini celebrity thing, it's like you're never going on dates. You're just going to parties. At the end of a party, you hook up with someone. If you like them, you keep kind of hooking up with them, but they're, they – you know that all the girls in that environment and they know all the guys in that environment are usually very sexually active, very open. Um, it's totally normal for orgies and sex parties and all sorts of that crazy stuff to break out. Um, and you have a lot of people who are just very non-judgmental and, um, and that just kind of live that fast paced sexual lifestyle that understand, you know, that whole, all the mechanics of that. Um, so the only time you ever have drama is if you, you know, one of those relationships becomes more intimate to the point where you're then kind of defining the relationship and there's jealousy issues, but you can circumvent all that. If you really want to enjoy like the single life and like, you know, check off everything on your sexual bucket list as a bachelor. And I think it's important for, for guys to go through that phase before, you know, if, if they oh, have yeah. the desire to. Yeah. yeah, if they have the desire to, I think it's important because I knew for just for myself, like now I've done all that shit and, you know, I'm, I'm no longer as like hungry for it. Um, but back when I was in relationships in my late 20s, before doing all that stuff, that really stopped me from like wanting to go deeper with some of my girlfriends. Because I was like, wait, there's all this stuff I haven't done. And if mm -hmm. I don't do it now, I'll never do it. Or, you know, I'll end up leaving my wife and having to go through this yes. horrible divorce because of this like hunger inside of me. So, you know, I'm not encouraging dudes to go out there and be like, you know, <laughs> crazy sex thirsty, you know, <laughs> crazy guys. But if you have the, the desire and the hunger, I think it's important that, um, you know, that, that you either act on it or you do something else to get rid of it. I don't know what else there is to do. I think it's just you shouldn't <laughs> men shouldn't be judged for having that like a man whore phase or from like actually wanting to enjoy being single and go like for example, if a girl wants to go out and sleep with a guy and she goes, I'm gonna go get late tonight and I'm gonna go sled it up and have fun or whatever, it's like girl power, you get a girl, you get that guy, you do you know, 
If a guy yeah. says that, though, it's very like, you pig, you're an animal. And right. I think, you know, now some guys get stuck in that. And I think that can kind of be a uh, little bit more of a shallow existence just because that's all you're doing. And, and it could be, I've seen guys who are like, that's all they do nonstop. Like even like what you said, like going out for three to six months, just new girl, new girl, new girl, new girl. At, at, at some point it should become like, well, I've done, I've done this already. Like, this is not new to me. Yeah. Because, and if it stays where it's like, like now it's, I'm doing this for six years, to me, that becomes kind of like a dependency, like kind of like taking a drug, right? Like you can have totally. fun, yeah. uh, you know, and a great experience, like say like take Molly or something. I'm just like, oh my God, it's amazing. Or take like a mushrooms and some psychedelics. But then if you're like the guy that's doing it every day, <laughs> it's like, right. all right, now, <laughs> like what's fun is fun, but now like there's a problem here. Like there's an addiction or something going on. So I think that's totally. where like we got to careful the line. Now, you right. said uh, before about the drama with relationships, and it's definitely true. A lot less drama with the girls you're seeing if it's your soul circle because you're just friends. Yeah. We're just friends having fun and chill. I have yeah. noticed, though, and I'm curious your thoughts, and this is kind of like a con of social circle, which is very rare because the, the pros are insane. Uh, anybody who doesn't understand how great social circle is compared to code approach, you're insane. But the <laughs> one, one con I did notice is it does kind of sometimes become like a Game of Thrones-ish type thing where like, that girl doesn't like this girl and this guy has a grudge because this guy was that. And you're like, Oh, well, I want to be friends with both, but, or like two promoters yeah. are competing with each other. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my God, I want to be friends with both of you, but I don't want to step on toes. So have you noticed this too? That like, I got to gotta play like a little bit of game of Thrones here. Yeah. And I've, um, you know, after, after doing that whole thing in, in New York and um, LA and Miami, I moved to Europe and, um, and I, I started putting together crazy trips with uh, Playboy models. And what you're describing happens um, much more chaotically on a week-long trip where you've got a bunch of different people coming together that don't know each other so well, right? Like different guys, different girls. And very quickly, you can have drama with guys potentially like butting heads over a girl or girls fighting amongst each other. Right. So from running those trips, I learned that setting expectations um, is fucking key. Um, so what I would do before, you know, throwing a party or a trip, I'd be like, listen, uh, you know, I tell all the guys like, this isn't the sort of environment where we're going to be competing for girls. There's going to be three to one girls to guys here. So like no cock blocking, only cock promoting, right? Like if you see another guy trying to hook up with a girl you like, don't be salty. Like there's, there'll be other girls, you know, like don't, like, there, there's no reason to get in that sort of Headspace. So I'm always kind of encouraging. Um, so whether that's in a party or just all the time, I'm always encouraging my guy friends to kind of adopt that mindset that I have. Okay. That like, you know, um, you guide the cock. You don't I'm block sure. the cock. Exactly. <laughs> and the problem is usually with guys. You know, girls can be girls can be a little bit like not like each other, but girls kind of tend to work it out in my experience. Um, or they just don't come, but like usually they still do and they just kind of work it out. It, it's more the guys are like, oh, I'm not going if that guy's going and he's this and this and this. And, and when, um, if you can manage expectations and just kind of create an environment where, you know, everyone's kind of encouraged to hook up with everyone, you, you can deal with a lot of those problems. But for sure, that does happen with, with so, social with circle. These, so with these crazy <laughs> trips and, and stuff you do, what, what kind of trip? You said you bring out some Playboy models and whatnot. Like, let's set expectations. If guys want to take a crazy trip with you, what, what can they expect? 
Yeah. So I used to do, I was running this as an actual like business in 2018. Um, now I'm not, and I'll just put together a trip maybe like once every four months, maybe like three a year I've been doing. Um, so I have a friend who has the rights to shoot the playboy calendar um, for Eastern Europe, for Ukraine. And when we shoot the calendar, we need uh, essentially like a place to shoot it, right? A beautiful location. And that needs to be funded somehow because the girls who come for the shoots, they're not going to pay, right? Like, you know, they're young girls, young models. Um, so rather than just like pay a bunch of money to do a shoot, we will turn it into a party. Um, so we'll get a location. We'll rent a yacht, for example, in the Maldives. Um, we'll, you know, pay, we'll pool all the expenses together between a group of friends, um, you know, guys I know, friends of friends who are all cool. And we'll have like a week long photo shoot slash party. And um, it's, uh, it's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, it's like uh, the first time I did it, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest week of my life. Um, and, um, you know, and then I, I was doing so many of these that and partying so much, it, it kind of morphed into what you described a little bit earlier, where I was like, all right, this is like my life is to like go on these crazy party trips and hook up with girls and encourage more partying. And I was like, this is really unhealthy. So I've been there, done that. It's like, you know, no matter how epic some, what I've always found is no matter how epic and great something is, you always get it. And at first it is that epic and great. It's just like, this is incredible and yeah. amazing and brr, you know? And then once right. you, I went and done enough time, it just becomes, that's just another thing. And it's like, now totally. I want something else because I've already been there. I've done this. Cool. Now what? Even if it's like, I'm learn, like right. you know what? I've never gotten axed. Like, I'd be that guy who's like, you want to come to the table and, and find the DJ booth with the five girls? And I'm like, I've never been axed throwing. I want to see how I do this because I've done that. <laughs> I did that two days right, ago, right. you know? <laughs> you would never think you could get sick of hanging out with a bunch of Playboy models on a yacht, but Yeah, like, you like can. that's the ultimate, you that's can. like the epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the, epi sorry, the epitome of a great and just like, ah, can we just like stay home and watch like, this new movie I wanted to see? Like, right. I just want to work on my marketing funnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's so, so true. But I think it's really great because once you've done all that, like you said, once you've done all that, you can find a great girl who you can just do normal shit with or just random little stuff that you want to yeah. do, or maybe every now and then do some epic lifestyle, like let's go to the Maldives or whatever. But now you can appreciate her on a, such a higher level because you've seen really what's out there. You know what it is. Um, yeah. You know, like I you don't have that thirst. You don't have that like shit in the back of your mind being like, well, you know, well, what, what if, what if I don't have a threesome with her? What about this? Or like, you know, it's like all of this nonsense that and, and it's, if, if, if you, you don't too, do those things, if, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go too far that way, you get stuck. I mean, I'm not going to say names on a podcast, but like there's a mutual friend of ours who was a dating coach also who just came in and joined my program. Cause he's like, look, I've had that lifestyle, but I want to find a great girl and, and settle down and like do that with, I want you to see what you're doing. Cause I'm sick of these party girls that all I get are the same type of party girls. I want to find another way. And so he came mm -hmm. to me and I'm like, cool. All right. Yeah, I'll coach you. But, um, I'll tell you after, after this, but like this happens, I'm trying to think who this is. <laughs> this happens on like any, like you're going to, yeah, you're going to, your mind's going to blow when you, when I tell you, but like, um, you're, this happens on any level from yeah. guys who are just starting to guys, like I said, who joined my program, who were coaching, like, it was like another me or you, Robbie, like guys who were on, I shared stage with and talked with and right. stuff and like come and 
uh, for help on this. So at any level, you can realize you might take things too far and you got to find another path. And I think that's a big part of the process of not just pickup or seduction, but of self-help in general is you should always be adapting. Like even with this pandemic mm -hmm. going on and whatnot, like that pushes me as a coach and do what I do is to come up with more online strategies, like how to make girls better on Tinder, how to get better pictures, better bios, work on yeah. texting and messages better, right? Like I can't just go on, no, everything's about partying in the clubs because that's gone right. now, right? Like that's not a thing yeah. <laughs> you can do right now. So I, I, I always well, say it's, it's, uh, Yeah. And you know, I, um, people might really hate me for saying this, but I love this quarantine. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you monster! <laughs> you like, heard it you know, here, people. And I know, Robbie is pro Corona. <laughs> I know. Obviously, there's a lot of people really struggling, lost their job. Like, and I and and I get it too. I had a very profitable vacation rental business that went from you know plus five figures a month in mostly passive income to negative all the rent I have to pay yep. um, and mortgages. So, like, trust me, I get that part. Um, but the reason why I say I've also you been enjoying it is because I, 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 <laughs> I don't spend any money at bars. I don't spend any money at clubs. I don't have to go on dates. Um, I've got this uh, cool pad in Kiev and like this kind of just like party area here. Nice. And, uh, and I just basically been throwing a little party every week. You know, it's not like lockdown like it is in the U S obviously. I say so much for social distancing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. Obviously, I, if I was in the U.S., I wouldn't be doing it. But um, you know, just the and mine is just one example. But like, if you do have a social circle or if you have you know outlets for these sorts of times, that really comes in handy. Like because I have so many close relationships and friendships with girls, um, when a lot of guys I know even here in Kiev like can't get a date. And not because of coronavirus, it's because like the girls are like, oh, I don't really know him. I don't want to hang out with him. When you obviously, if it's at your friends, it's uh, you know, it's it's much easier. So having that social circle also positions you for for shitty times. So what what advice? And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm imagining a lot of guys listening to this are going to be in the states and whatnot. Um, during these times, what advice do you have for them? Like I've I've personally I've been just promoting like Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. Uh, because it's, I, I find it's hard to go out and make new social circles right now with everything going on, with everything on lockdown. Sure. But what I've also right. found is women have flocked online dating and you could easily get one or two girls to come by your place uh, a week just from messaging them and hitting them up. But like any tips you have on that or what, what would you be doing if you were, let's say still in San Diego under these times? Yeah. So the guys that I've been coaching, I've got guys in like an ongoing mentorship similar to, to your program with modern flirting. I call it leverage. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm most of these guys are in the U S as well. So I've been helping them improve their online dating profiles. Um, you know, attempt to have some more social interaction. Um, you know, I've been, I've been telling them a lot of the same stuff that, you know, I see you posting, uh, really great advice. Um, especially when it comes to like, you know, now that you have to build more trust and you have to build more like of a connection before someone's just going to come out on a date with you because there's way more uh, on the line, right? Like you're not going to meet someone easily on a date, you know, when there's all of these social distancing practices and things are closed, like you can't, you can't even really go on a date. 
Um, mm -hmm. So I've been telling guys that they need to spend a little, like obviously they need to improve their profile, get better pictures, find a way to evoke more emotions when you're messaging girls. That way they'll actually respond to your messages versus, you know, get caught up in the noise that, you know, of that dating site. Right. And then you, you really need to have a good presence on Instagram because Instagram is the dating site. Like really Instagram is just one big fucking dating site. If you want to look at it that way, right? If you're single, um, you know, it shows how cool you are. How's your social circle? All of those like surface level kind of questions. Um, and if you don't have an Instagram and you're trying to, you know, have an active social life or single life, I think a lot of girls, uh, it's probably better to not have one than to have a really shitty one, but it's not that hard to, to, to build a decent Instagram. I've shot um, myself in the foot with Instagram because my Instagram is all about modern flirting and dating coach this and all that. So maybe the uh, girls yeah. might see it be interesting, <laughs> but, and, and that's a very unique problem. So guys watching, you just have to worry about that. Right. Everybody's like, so how's your Instagram? Should I copy you? I'm like, no, 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 no. Mine's not, yeah. mine is not there. I thought about that. that. I thought about that. Uh, mine's a pretty good example of, you know, that, that I, I consistently get a ton of girls just kind of DMing me out of the blue because my Instagram is positions myself like as a fun, you know, interesting sort of social guy. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E underscore Kramer, K-R-A-M-E-R. Um, you know, it's just my, my full name, real name, Robbie underscore Kramer. And, um, you know, it's just basically me partying, hanging out, uh, traveling, and I don't post any sort of like dating coaching content. The only thing there is I promote my podcast which is more of like a social thing anyways. Um, but yeah, having tell us a about good, that. the, so what is your podcast? If people want to learn more and, and find some stuff about you, there's obviously at Robbie underscore Kramer. You are the, mm -hmm. you have the, one of the best podcasts around that I've seen. I might even, I don't even listen to that many podcasts, but I love yours and it's the, the leverage podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. You've been on what three times. So Roll for the jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The cum jacket. Uh, <laughs> different story. Watch the podcast. You want to hear that one. Uh, yeah. Like, Leverage like podcast. What? <laughs> um, um, if you just go to innerconfidence.com slash podcast, or if you just go to innerconfidence.com, you'll see the podcast tab. Uh, you can also find it on iTunes. And um, I think I've got like 140 episodes close to that now. Um, uh, just interviews yeah. with cool, interesting dudes like you. <laughs> and you're one of the few guys out there I know that is very similar to myself that promotes the right kind of stuff, like being social, social circles, cold approach, you name it, building the confidence from within all of that great stuff. So if guys want to learn from you, cause I cannot recommend Robbie enough. I think he's absolutely incredible at what he does. Uh, what steps should they take? How can they reach out to you? What can they find? Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that uh, that recommendation. Um, and likewise for you, obviously. Um, if you just go to my site, innerconfidence.com, um, uh, jump on my mailing list. There's a pretty interesting uh, quiz on the front page of my site that kind of asks you a bunch of different questions to see some of what your confidence, insecurities are, um, how you're kind of doing when it comes to your dating life. Um, so take that quiz. It should spit out some interesting results for you. And then... Uh, there, you just kind of follow the steps we'll go from, there. from there. And what does your program entail? For Is it like just one-off training? Is it, is it ongoing? Like what can they expect if they decide to join up with your program? No, so I have like an, an ongoing um, yearly mentorship. Um, 
And essentially, like guys come in at all different skill levels. So there's different belts. Uh, so, you know, you might be starting as a white belt. You might be starting as like a yellow belt or a green belt, kind of like the karate system, well, white belt up to black belt. And um, there's different kind of uh, check marks along the way and, and milestones. Um, and the, the goal is to get you from, you know, wherever you're starting to a guy that is, you know, the most confident version of himself that women love. Um, and it's not just about dating and women. It's also about lifestyle design. Um, obviously, now it's very difficult to travel, but there's a huge kind of travel aspect and, mm. and starting to essentially like leave, leave the parts of your life that you don't like. Um, like most of the guys in the program have kind of taken a similar journey to me where I started working in a finance job I didn't like after college. I was really unhappy. My dating life was suffering. So I found a way to improve my social skills, went out, did tons of cold approaching, meet tons of women. Then I found a way to quit my job, start working my passion, travel the world. So it's a lot of guys who are, you know, wanting to live that sort of like cool, fun, never settling bachelor lifestyle until they do meet that special someone. So, so you heard it guys. Uh, if you guys want to live the ultimate bachelor lifestyle and not have to be Hugh Hefner <laughs> rich to do it, you know, Robbie's your guy. You should definitely yeah. get him. And uh, so Interconfident, is there an email they can use or any other ways of contacting you? Uh, yeah, sure. You can always email me, Robbie at interconfidence.com um, or hit me up on Instagram. Just Robbie underscore Kramer. So cool. Um, dude, thanks you so much for being on and, and sharing all these tips here with, with the guys. I'm, I loved it. I always love hearing uh, from you. So I'm sure my listeners are going to be liking you as well. And who knows, maybe one more time, you can get a cum jacket yourself at the end of it. <laughs> it goes both I ways, so. okay? I'm, I, I, I'm a giver as much as a receiver. <laughs> if I'm giving you a cum jacket, I'm going to cum jacket for you. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be gifted. It's going to be a brand new cum jacket for you. <laughs> dude it's oh, been man. awesome thanks so much for having me all right really enjoyed it take care man <laughs> bye yeah